You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. the Finnish Football Show. I'm Mark Wiltshire, back with another Match Report episode and we're going to look today at the, the two recent games, Kazakhstan nil, Finland 1 and Finland nil, Denmark 1. I'm joined today by Keke Mulleri. Hi Keke. No moi. And by Ali Manson. Hi Ali. Moika. And I think this is our team today. Mark and Rich are not around so we'll we'll crack on and, and look at these uh, Euro 2024 qualifiers, these are Group H games, five and six. And the Hukia battled to three more important points over these two games to remain among the contenders at the top of uh, Group H. Uh, 1-0 away win to Kazakhstan, saw a pretty dogged Finland team controlling possession, taking a late win through Oliver Antman in what was really a, a scrappy match. And I'll, we'll, we'll put some details around that description. And in the game a few days later, roles were somewhat reversed, with Denmark dominating possession and goal-scoring chances. Uh, but they had to wait late before getting the winning goal. Uh, Lukas Radetzky pulled off a string of fine saves to deny Denmark, but really Finland's lack of cutting edge ultimately meant they had no reply to Hoiberg's winner. But let's go back to... We don't want everyone to stop listening, so let's go back to... The, the Kazakhstan game and just talk through what went on in that away win in Kazakhstan. Um, Keke, first of all, talk us through the, the starting lineup. Yeah, so um, Rive went with a 5-3-2, uh, a I guess you could call it, or, or a 3-5-2, depending on on the, uh, the the play, whether we're attacking or defending. And yeah, obviously, Captain Lukas Redetsky in goal. And then we had Ilmari Niskanen, uh, Richard Jensen, Robert Ivanov in the centre, Artu Hoskonen, Nikolai Alhoff uh, making up the defence. And then we had um, Khan Kairinen, Rasmus Schulla, Oliver Antman in the middle. And up top, it was the um, Pukki and Poyampala. So that's how, that's how we lined up. Pretty decent lineup, I would have said. Um, uh, possibly, you know, Niskanen and Alhoff, you know, we've spoke about the wing-backs, so sort of Fairly attack-minded. Nice to see Antman get a starting berth um, in that in that midfield, and and obviously the uh, the the, the ever-present question of can Puki and Poy and Palo play together. So um, yeah, it was an interesting lineup. Yeah, I thought it was a really kind of. I wrote my first note was scrappy, nervy start with possession kind of being conceded backwards and backwards and forwards. But that scrappy, nervy start lasted for the first quarter of an hour of the game. It really, yeah. it, it really was. And Kazakhstan were very physical as well. Like no one was really dirty, but they were they were getting stuck in and and a little bit niggly throughout the game. Uh, there was a high boot on on. Um, Rasmus Schuller and a, Schuller, yeah. a foul or a clash of heads with Nikolai Alho, but it was going on all the way through the game. Was it? Did it feel that way to you? Continuing through the through the first half, I felt it was a really controlled performance. To be honest, I, I thought um, 
kept the ball really well. Um, there was never really a moment that I was feeling that we were put under a lot of pressure for a prolonged period of time. I think mm. particularly defensively, Ivanov and Hoskinen were terrific uh, in particular. Um, and I'll speak maybe a little bit about them, about the Denmark game later on as well. But yeah, it, it felt like constant control without threatening too regularly. Um, I still felt that Finland were the better team throughout, still looked like the team that if there was going to be a goal, it would be Finland. Um, but, but I think that was my biggest takeaway from the game, going away from home, tricky, you know, tricky trip. You know, it's a long way to go. Uh, I, th I think it, it maybe did help that some of the players do play on an artificial surface. I know we were talking, you know, was it uh, an artificial pitch yes. you know, yesterday? I think it was. Um, you know, luckily, Finnish players are used to that a bit more than than other nations are. And so that may have not necessarily like helped, but I don't think it hindered at all. Well, there's some negative comments about the pitch. I read something in one article about it being a difficult plastic pitch. Um, it looks wet. It looked very like they definitely had watered it because the ball was skidding off the surface. And, and, and perhaps Kazakhstan wanted that you know, to create a little bit of chaos because it yeah. sort of felt like they they were they knew they weren't going to control the game, so they were sort of hoping that you know adding maybe a little bit of chaos, the tricky conditions, a wet pitch was going to you know perhaps go in their favour. I mean, we we when we did the preview show, I um I mentioned you know not that I wasn't an expert on Kazakh football, but I wasn't sure how the how full the arena would be how how the locals would take to the game, but, but they, it was absolutely jam packed. And mm. the, um, the Kazakhs certainly got behind their team. There was plenty of noise in there and it must've been, um, you know, I know all the Finland players are professionals, but I'm sure that hostility, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. So um, maybe that's why those first, those first 10 or 15 were a bit, a bit nervy. You know, it must, in that sort of atmosphere, you want to get your first, want to get your first touch out of the way and, and control that ball. And yeah, on that, on that skiddy, wet artificial surface I don't suppose it was it was easy but I mean we did we did settle down eventually and as Ali said when you when you look at when you look at the stats I mean um the the 1-0 win which I must say at the at the end of the game I was absolutely over the moon with you know yourself Mark you mentioned earlier off air that we did have a, a couple of comments on the previous video from from a Kazakh supporter who said that we'd we'd underestimated them but uh, we we did mention in the last episode the, the great run they've been on, the fantastic results they've picked up. So um, I, I'm not sure we did quite underestimate them as, as much as he thought. But, but you know, to, to come away from there with a 1-0 away win, I was absolutely over the moon because, you know, it, it was a, a tricky place to go. But I think when you do, when you do look at, at the statistics, you know, like the passes completed and shots on target, etc., I think um, I think yeah I think Finland were were the deserved winners to be honest. Yeah, I, I noted that that the uh, that we battled especially in the first half battled well in in midfield and the approach play and passing was really good, and yet the final ball into the box wasn't good enough. And again, I read this article Ari Dirtenen wrote saying that Finland were trying or have been trying recently to be much more clinical with their final balls into the box. So they're not putting a large number in, 
but they're trying to be really, really precise when they do it. And mm. well, it didn't seem to work. <laughs> really, there wasn't the balls weren't really getting that final ball wasn't really getting to the man that it needed to to uh, to score. And it was what thirty five minutes when Oliver Ampman kind of did it all by himself. And the way he made that work was by not passing. <laughs> he went on a yes. he went on a lovely little Maisie run. Yeah, Maisie run down the right right wing, got to the byline, and pulled it back. And it, it was actually um, it, it went in like off an OG, a didn't it? Yeah, I think it yeah. went in off a defender. Yeah, absolutely. I, even if it was cleared out a little bay by the keeper and then bounced off the defender's leg and went in, I'm not sure. But it was a um, it, it was disallowed because he run the ball off the end of the pitch and. Uh, Adido. Yeah, well, difficult to tell, isn't it? No <laughs> VAR and not many camera angles for us to yeah. uh, to assess. So um, it went in in at half time, nil nil. Now, I you made a comment, Kike, about the the YouTube channel, and Yerkan was the guy from Kazakhstan who made the comment, yep. and we've exchanged emails since then, and I've invited him to come on the preview pod for when Finland hosts Kazakhstan over here. So hopefully, we can get some. You know, we we weren't negative about them. We did say we don't know the team very well, and we were expecting a tough game, and that's what we got. But he can, if he can join us, then hopefully we'll have some real it's local inside. knowledge yeah. for that for that Lovely. next game. Um, second second half, um, few few subs made during the during the second half, which saw. Glenn Kamara coming on for Rasmus Schuller, Robert Taylor. Uh, oh, sorry, and Benjamin Shellman coming on for Table Puki on 66. And mm-hmm. it took about 12 minutes before those guys combined with uh, the Ant Man to uh, to provide the winning goal. Keke, do you want to talk us through? Yeah, I mean, we'd we'd mentioned and and Richard said that um, Glenn Kamara had not had much football recently. He's uh, he's just joined. Leads and yeah, he's had about eight, six or eight minutes of competitive football. But I mean, um, he didn't he didn't need to be super fit for that for that little ball. I mean, the, the class is obviously permanent, even if he is a bit a bit uh, shy of match sharpness. You know, the, the class just showed through with his um, his involvement in the goal. And yeah, uh, absolutely superb Antman slotted finish. I mean. Um, just on the inclusion of Oliver Antman, it was it was really great to see him because he, he is he is a more direct player. You know, he, he's probably our most direct player, I would have said. So um, so it was great to see his inclusion and fantastic to see him continue his his amazing form for the national team. He's uh yeah, what is that? Is that four in six or something he's got now? So um so yeah, that was uh, that was really good. But as you say, Chelman was involved as well. Um another another player who's who's Decent, good class. So, um, so yeah, it was a, it was a, a lovely little move, you know, sort of, yeah, one, two, three, triangle, triangle passing, and ended up in the in the back of the net. But the finish, I mean, he, he had he had a little bit to do. He had to the ball had to find its way around the keeper there into the into the I think it was the right hand corner. But um, mm. but yeah, cracking, good goal. And this is why we chose an image of Oliver Antman to uh, to illustrate this episode because he was clearly the. The sort of the goal scorer, the only goal scorer from these two games. So that's how our style player. Um I I did make a make a few notes that in both games actually of important saves from Lucas Rodetsky. And there were 
a, yeah, two, two or three in this one where Kazakhstan had, I've written down here, Kazakhstan chance several times. So they did, they did have chances, but maybe um, more like longer range efforts, yeah. actually in both, in both games. And maybe that's something that's worth noting as well is the strength of the defense. We, we talked about this in the preview that 18 months ago, there was this churn of defenders from the squad and, and, different players coming in, but I thought we looked really solid. And Hoskinen was really, really stood out for me. I really noticed him uh, in in both games. Um, so I guess the the, the defence is something that we, we can have some security. We would have some security from in, going forward in the future. Just on that point, Mark, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think, you know, Jensen... Ivanov and, and Hoskinen all looked pretty solid. I mean, um, Ivanov, Ivanov looked class, absolutely class across, across. I mean, we'll get to the Denmark game, but Ivanov looked class across both games. I think Hoskinen looked decent across both games. Um, we will discuss the, uh, the the team selection for the Denmark game, but but Richard Jensen looked 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 good in this game. I mean, um, he did he did hobble off towards the end or at the final whistle I think he was he was hobbling off as you said Kazakhstan weren't weren't afraid to be a bit physical and I think yeah he um he, he did sort of have a have a bit of trouble towards the end and I don't know if that's why he didn't make the start in 11 for the for the Denmark game but he was on the bench but yeah I think you know those guys those three at uh, that sent that three three center backs I think across across both games obviously we'll get onto Denmark we all know what happened but but um, yeah, honestly, no qualms at all. I think I think that's, that's that should be quite a quite a little settled defence for for times to come. I mean, like Ali will have seen Hoskinen play plenty of times before he he moved off to Poland. But um, I don't know. You, you agree, Al? Yeah, I really do agree, and I, I have to say that Hoskinen has also since his move has really taken a step up as well I mean same goes for for Ivanov as well who um yeah I'll, I'll sing their praises a little later on when we talk about the Denmark game but um clearly the the step up in in the leagues that they both sort of have gone through over the last year year and a bit for the pair of them has really yeah it's made them more all-rounded defenders that when they play against you know stronger opposition they don't seem to look phased. They look calm under pressure. Um, you know, they win so much in the air. Um, so I think, yeah, as you said, Keke, you know, a real big positive to take away from the two games is definitely, you know, that central defensive partnership. So at the end of this game, Finland were sitting pretty at the top of the table on 12, yeah. 12 points. And I think we can we can maybe move over to talking about the Denmark game and then at the end of it I think let's have a let's have a chat about a couple of players particularly like Dermot Pukki and Robert Taylor because they both had very very much a very different amount of game time during this weekend and let's have a let's have a chat about their situations going going forward but Ali would you like to start by talking us through the team for the Denmark game. Yeah, so it definitely felt that this one was certainly more of a a five at the back, possibly, yeah, 
I mean, you, you could have a, a, a five three two, but it it also at times felt like a five four one as well, particularly out of possession with Chalman and Camera almost acting like like wingers. I mean, Camera really put in a, a shift yesterday. I, I I think his performance was mixed. I thought there were some aspects of his game that was really really good, and others that you could tell that he'd only played. Eight, eight minutes of, of football, but it looks like a five, yeah, five four one with uh, yeah, obviously Rizetsi in goal, Alho Hoskinen, even of, and then Matti Peltola, who was maybe the slightly um, yeah, the surprise inclusion um, playing in the back there alongside Ivanov and Hoskinen. I'm I'm much more used to seeing Peltola a little bit further forward in a more centre midfield kind of role. Mm. Um, and then Niskanen, the left back, left wing back position. Yeah, as I said, Chalman, Kamara, and then Shula, Karinen, and then Damo Puki up front. Um, so I, I think on paper, maybe Peltola was the only slight eyebrow raised. Um, although I thought he was excellent. Brilliant, yeah. He he, he did that. He he did so well. Uh, He's one of those players that when you look at him, I, I don't know if it's just me that does. You, you look at him and you go, "Oh, he's going to get pushed around. Like he's going to he's going to get found wanting. He's going to get pushed about." But he was having none of it yesterday. He was really, really strong performer, um, and definitely going forward. I mean, he should definitely be eyeing up that that third spot in, in defence. I mean, I'm sure Jensen would have something to say about that. He didn't really do anything wrong in the the game on Thursday, he was just unlucky to be um, out injured. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think on paper, it looks like an interesting lineup, a strong lineup, if slightly kind of cobbled together at the same time. Again, I, I think camera moving out wide left had its positives when we're in possession, but then when we're losing possession, it did leave quite a gap. I thought also... Yeah, I mean, I- Go, go Sorry, on, mate. I, I was just—I was just going to say you're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Ali. I mean, um, there'll be there'll be people who know Matti um, Peltola a lot better than I do, and and you're one of them. But you know, it was for me, it was a bit of a surprise. But the young lad didn't put a foot wrong, in my opinion. He had an absolutely fantastic game. I don't know what you mean. Like he—he, he, I mean, he is only 21, and he—he he, um, he looks a young—he looks a young lad. But um, but yeah, his his performance was beyond his years. He. Uh, he re- he really did well. I mean, obviously, I, I I think down on the pitch there, you know, Robert Ivanov and and Lukas Radetzky would have been talking talking him through it the whole way. But um, but yeah, he did he didn't he didn't really put a foot wrong, and that's why that's why as we go on and talk about how this game panned out and the um and the result, that's why the the result was was so gutting because that 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 defensive three, those three centre backs, didn't really. Didn't really put a foot wrong, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah, just what what one final thing on 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 Peltola. There was a moment, maybe halfway through the second half, where um, uh, Rasmus Hoyland, who everyone was sort of you know keeping an eye on because you know he's just gone to Man United for seventy two million euros, which <laughs> yeah, more than double the entire lineup of of the finished transfer fees. Uh, and Peltola absolutely smashed into him. Won the ball, perfect tackle, and it got one yeah. of the biggest cheers of of the afternoon. I think, and you know, even though me being a Man United fan, you know, I could have perhaps maybe winced at seeing 
you know, the new striker getting clattered into, but not a bit of it. I was I was cheering as loud as <laughs> as anyone when he when that tackle went in. So yeah. Yeah, it was um, good after the after the first Denmark game to keep Hoyland quiet in this one, stop yeah. him, stop him yeah. shining. And and you mentioned about the, the value there. It was something that um Rive said after the game, um, when the commentator asked him like what was the difference between the teams, and he said something like, Well, their team is is valued at four hundred million and ours at thirty million. You yeah. Know, it, <laughs> yeah. When when you look at it that way, I mean you money is not everything, and we talked in the preview about how Denmark's form had been this year. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting observation. Uh, I, I thought in over recent games, we've talked about Khan Kairinen and and about him, I don't know, really participating in games. And I thought that in these two games, I noticed him more and more. Is it maybe growing into this position and bringing in the form that... Keke, you've talked about him uh, displaying for in, in Czech Republic, yeah. um, and bringing that into the uh, international teams. So I thought he was much more involved as well in these in these couple of games. Yeah, I mean, he he, he definitely he was getting onto the ball. He was he was trying those passes. I mean, he's um, he's good at he's good at the diagonals, trying to sort of break break the back line with a diagonal pass. He was trying that, and yeah, he was um, he was getting involved. You know, he. Uh, I, I I was on a bit of a downer yesterday because um, because yeah, it was. I just wished he'd got his toe on that on that shot that eventually broke out broke our defence and our mm. and our arts. But um, but yeah, you know, I I can't complain over the over the two over the two games. I think Kyrenen's done very well. So so yeah, it's good to see him settling into the weight of that national team jersey and and starting to find his feet and and ping those balls about that he does for um, Slavia Prague, Sparta Prague. I should say sorry. Mm. He, he's he's fairly press resistant as well. So like he's very good at dropping the shoulder when he can feel someone trying to close him down, which, mm. yeah, uh, I think in modern football, when so many teams are trying this high press game, you really need players that are able to do that quickly and, and effectively. And that was definitely the thing that I'd noticed in, in these two games that as well as the passing, as you mentioned, Keke, that, yeah, he, he is really good at just dropping a shoulder and then calming the ball down and making um, the right pass. I mean, you just you said that you said there, Ali, about the um, the high press and, and what sort of tactics modern teams employ and all that. And um, yeah, we got we got a couple of comments across our across our social media various channels today. Um, there was um, there, we had one come in on Twitter from uh, a, a chap known as Pudding Gentleman. Work that one out yourself. But he said to us. Um, what uh, what system were, were Finland trying? He said um, he'd had a few pints, so he didn't remember everything correctly. But <laughs> it looked like every time Finland were playing out from the back, as soon as it got to midfield, they would just try and hoof it and lose possession. I mean, um, I'm not quite I'm not quite sure that hoof it is the uh, is the is the right terminology. But um, but yeah, I mean, we did we we well we we do with even off we do try and play out from the back and um, and yeah, I I think we were. In the Denmark game, we were trying that sort of that tried and tested river tactic of maybe drawing a better opponent onto ourselves and and then trying to break the back line and get Tamil Puki to to sort of run in behind. But um, that's that's it. Just you know, it just didn't seem to work. We will talk about the opportunities. There were one or two opportunities, but in in the answer to that that 
post on Twitter. I, I think that's what we were doing. And then we had another one from a, a Denmark fan who, who posted on our on our YouTube saying um, oh, he was also curious with the tactics. Um, with he said with this many games left, um, why why were Finland playing quite sort of negatively? But um, as I say, I just think that was that was the game plan really to try and draw Denmark on and then and then sort of do them on the break. But I think and, that's a good I think that's a good answer, Keke. That is what they were trying, yeah. and we just weren't good enough at converting the breaks. Like quite, I, I, I made a few um, comments um, in the 31st minute. Uh, Kamara set Puki free, lovely pass, sort of yeah. dinked it over the top. And Puki um, ran towards goal, but had little su- support and his shot was ultimately blocked. Yeah. Um, just before half time, Puki broke. He was two on two. Chalman was there as well, and he just couldn't get the ball. It. Yeah, couldn't, pass it to didn't get the ball across. Yeah, that's right. Um, and... I mean, the breakaways. I mean, we did have the breakaways, but the um, yeah, we just we just weren't quite sharp enough on the breakaways, and and, and mean, also the player was often isolated. That was the final comment I made that we yeah. were breaking, and then the player was on his own. It's like ah, oh, yeah, no one and, 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 and yeah, I mean, it was almost like Puki had to put his foot on the ball, wait for people to catch up, and by that time the Danish defence had got themselves back and set. So, I mean, it was that sort of game, but you got to say, you got to say guys, like, you know, if we would, if we would have come up, if we'd have nicked a win there, it would have been absolutely fantastic, right? Mm. We would have all been over the moon, but also if we would have, if we would have, if we would have just survived that little bit longer and come away with that nil, nil, you have, you have to say that the game plan has worked ultimately. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. think, and I, and I think that we would have been just as, just as overjoyed with with a, a nil-nil draw as we would, well, not just as, we would have been absolutely ecstatic with a one-nil win to us. But, I, I, you know, I think we would have all taken a, a nothing each. Do you know what I mean? It, um, certainly, it certainly felt when that goal went in that the yeah. stadium kind of felt like the game plan like has gone now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, which of course happens with a late goal, but when it, when particularly when the second half had been panning out how it was panning out it really did sort of take the the energy out of the stadium a little bit it often yeah. feels to me that when we concede a goal then the team gets this added impetus to really go for it and i think it happened even in this game we were were really pushing towards the end but when you let a goal in in the 86th minute you're oh, giving yourself I mean, much time oh, to get back of you um nah. ali talk a little bit about uh, well no let me set this up by saying for all of Denmark's pressure throughout the whole game, and they did control a lot of the possession, um, they were mostly limited to long-range shots. And they had several long-range shots on target, and they they just couldn't get past that man in in goal. Keke's sitting here, for those that are listening, Keke's sitting here in a bright orange Lukas Radetzky shirt. But Ali, just talk a little bit about some of those saves that he pulled off yeah I, I mean there was certainly that there was the free kick early on in the second half from Ericsson um which was very close to because I, I think they gave that free kick for handball yeah dodgy yeah yeah I mean but it was yeah I mean it was a bit unlucky to be honest but it was also quite near the the penalty box so yeah let's, t- let's take that free kick and move on <laughs> um and yeah Ericsson you know when when he steps up you, I mean, he's he's got a track record of scoring free kicks, hasn't he? Both for club and country. So, 
he hit it down low to Radetzky's left and he palmed it away really strong left palm really good good save um there was one yeah, in the 15th it, minute as well a sort of a long range shot from the from the right that was sort of swerving a bit in the air and, and yeah. Luke kind of got his hand to it and and tipped it over and then another one in the 70th minute a long range shot from Norgard that was yeah but he'd almost sort of he was diving towards the top corner with his left hand and then his right hand <laughs> yeah. came up to, yeah. to because it was moving so much in the air and and the thing is in real time it it actually looked because you know, I was sort of behind the goal from, yeah, from wh where that shot was. So I, I had a really good look at it. But in real time, it 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 didn't look like it was as good a save as it did look like on TV because of the angle that I was at. It sort of thought, oh, yeah, Norgard's had a shot. Redetsi's going to save that. And then he palmed it away and you sort of go, oh, hold on a minute. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> that as was comfortable actually, as it looked. Yeah, that yeah. wasn't as comfortable as I thought. And then they immediately put, showed the replay up on, on, on the big screen and then you got a better look at it and you go, oh yeah, actually, that was a really good save and the ball really moved quite last minute. Um, so yeah, again, Radetzky was really keeping us in it, but yeah. we, we limited Denmark to those long shots and we limited them to crosses. I mean, they had... You know, they put Hoyland on, they put um Paul uh Josef Paulson on, who's about yep. seven foot one as well. And they were limited to all these crosses. And every time it really felt that that even of and, and Hoskinen were dealing with it. Um, even the wing backs were tucking in, and even you know, the wing backs aren't aren't the tallest, Niskanen and Alhol, but they were like putting the the Danish strikers off, you know, at least physically. So it it felt like that's what they were limited to. We were doing a really good job of it. Until yeah, the eighty-sixth minute when everything changed. I mean, yeah. um, that 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 Denmark team, they you could see by the way they celebrated that goal, they knew that they'd been in a game. You know what yeah. I mean? They knew that they knew that they had they had they'd maybe not nicked that three points. That's a bit a bit uh, you know, but they they knew that that was a precious three points. Mm. You know, it, it had taken it had taken a lot of hard work to to come away with that. So. I mean, ultimately, we, you know, we are disappointed, and and because because the loss has come at the second game of the of the break, it's it's a little bit hard to remember the joy of the win away, you know. But but I think we do have to look at look at the two games as as a collective international break, and you know, we did our match predictions, and I'm sure um, you know Mark might go back over those and tell us where we went wrong. But I, I you know. One away game, one home game to come away, uh, and arguably against the strongest team in the group to come away with three points out of two games, is that so terrible? You know what I mean. So no, I think you know, I think I we've think got, got to keep keep our spirits up. But I, I don't know if you want to go into into a bit more depth into the into the second half and what actually how it panned out, Mark. But um, I, I mean, if you've got something specific to say, I just said we'd got to the point where we were about to concede the goal and we didn't we didn't talk yeah. about the goal in detail. But if just, you've got something just, else you want to say. Just, I would just want to rewind a little bit and go go back to, I think it was about the 60-minute mark where, where River decided to make the first set of substitutions, if you've got yes. some notes about them, mate. Yeah, so six, it was a triple substitution at that time. Um, yeah, Pocky and Palo We'd already on... had Yeri Oranen yeah. replaced Niskanen, hadn't we? Of course, yeah, that's true. There was a an injury in the twelfth, well, earlier than the twelfth minute, but he finally gave up in the twelfth, yeah. and um, he was sitting there with his 
arm in what can only be described as a chiffon scarf uh, yeah. tied around his neck, supporting his arm. So I don't know if it was a shoulder or collarbone or something like that. Has that been confirmed? No, I haven't seen anything yet. Okay, so yeah, that was in the 12th minute. Yari Urunen came on for Niskanen. And then in the 62nd, Pokimpalo came on for Pukki. Um, Puru Soeri came on for Nikolai Alho. And the one that I think we were a bit surprised about was that Ant-Man came on for Rasmus Schuler. Yeah, I mean, I understand bringing Ant-Man on. You know, he, as we said, he's probably our most direct player. He's He can dribble. He doesn't mind running with the ball. He can run at an opponent. He can beat opponents with his feet. Um, you know, we can go on to assess Ant-Man's contribution. But I just think... Withdrawing, withdrawing Rasmus Schuller at that point in the game was just, it, 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 it bewildered me a little bit. I mean, you're speechless. We've seen, yeah, well, yeah, and that don't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we we've seen over the over the years that we've been doing this podcast, we've seen Rasmus Schuller grow and go from strength to strength. Do you know what I mean? He is now one of, an absolute one of the first names on the team sheet. Mm. That guy is a warrior. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, the opposition don't like him. He, he'll climb all over you. He's, he, he puts a tackle in. He's, he's strong. He shields the ball. with. He uses his body. And I just think, I mean, you know, if you want, if you want, a, if you want Ant-Man to come on and try and run at him and, and, and get something, I kind of I get that. But for me, taking, taking Rade off was, was a little bit of an own goal for me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I felt the same. I was surprised. I mean, what we've been saying about um, Glenn Kamara having not played much football. And I mean, to be fair, he was still going physically, still still yeah. running, still um, contributing all the way to the end. It's more like his touch that were, that looked rusty more than more than anything else. But still, I was surprised that that he stayed on for the whole game. And Schuler came off on on the hour. That that was uh, that was confusing. Um, how, how, how did how did that substitution go down in the stadium, Ali? Was did was it? Uh... Yeah, it really felt like the camera would be the one to come off. Uh, particularly the fact that he was playing quite far towards on the left on the left wing um, when we're in possession, and like even sort of drifted out and to join Pookie when, you know, let's say if Ivanov had the ball, he was going to be like, uh, yeah, he'd be the out ball on, on the left wing. So it felt like Camera would be the natural hmm. um, yeah, choice for that. And yeah, without sort of repeating ourselves, he he was cool, calm, collected the whole game, as we sort of expect, um, really competed well, defensively did all, did all the work that he needed to do. Um, I mean, just looking at the lineup, I guess Camera probably was the only option to, to for, for Ant Man to, to replace him with, and yeah, Reva always has his reasons. You know, I yeah. trust him. Um, no, that's it. Yeah, wanna, there yeah. may be something going on in the background we don't know about. Yeah, as yeah, well, exactly. and a niggle or something. We you know you just don't know what's what's behind it. I do. You mm. do have to wonder though. Eighty eighty sixth minute is when Denmark got their goal. They had a period of pressure around the Finland box. 
the ball was played across from the right towards uh, Heuberg, um, and he wasn't he wasn't closed down. Took a touch and drove a shot into the oh, into yeah. the bottom corner, across the goal, into the bottom corner. And you have to wonder if Rade had been there in the in the middle of the park, would he have been the man to close him down? Oh, it's all ifs and buts and maybes, but you know, looking yes. at it. Look, yeah, probably. Yes, is probably <laughs> the answer. That's right. And also looking at it, Pochiampalo was nearby and he sort of watched rather than rather than just dropping in a few metres and, and putting a bit of a tackle in. He sort of watched Hoiberg and that was that was a bit frustrating as well. I mean, that I, I guess that's, you know, the difference between a, a number nine and, you know, a number six, number yeah. eight, you yeah. know, wherever we put, put Shula, it's, it's a different mindset. Isn't it? And you know, at, at 86 minute, of course, you know, everyone's tired. Even the subs, you know, were running a, about quite a bit. Um, and I don't know. Sometimes you, it, it, it's not, it's not a good thing to think. But sometimes you think, yeah, you know, you've been shooting for you know all game, and Radetzky has been taking everything. Yeah, why not have another one? Yeah. And of course, <laughs> the law of averages does kind of mean though that eventually one of those is going to fly off the boot and is going to hit, you know, a top corner or a bottom corner. Um, and, you know, Hoiberg struck it really sweetly, as you, as you said, Mark. And I also think Radetzky was possibly unsighted a little bit as he, well. He, and, he, he was, and he wasn't a million miles away as well. He, 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 he wasn't. He, he was, it, I mean, it was really in the corner. He, he nearly got there. But I, I do think the bodies that were in front of him maybe just slightly blocked his yeah. vision and you know it is these you know split second millimeter kind of uh moments that you know make all the difference when it comes to playing these big teams or bigger teams at least yeah so that's how it finished one nil to Denmark and before we have a look at the table and the upcoming fixtures just a couple of players I want to mention and and ask you about um one of those is Robert Taylor, who came on in the first game in the 85th minute and then in the second game in the 84th minute. Yeah. And, you know, he's been very high profile through the summer. We've talked about him in previous episodes about, you know, how he's making Lionel Messi look good over in Miami. And yet he got about 10 minutes plus injury time in these two games. What did you think about that? I mean, um, I, I'm a big fan of Rob Taylor. Mm. You know, he's he came on the podcast. He told us about his, his history, all his youth football, our people in the eighth tier of English football at Lincoln Railway Tavern told him he wasn't quite good enough. And now he's playing with the one of the greatest of all time and, and celebrating with him. So I've got a lot of time and a lot of respect for Rob Taylor. And also, he's he's from Uvascular as well, which uh, you know gives me another reason to love him. But um, but yeah, I mean, there was an interesting interesting little segment at the beginning of the um, Ule broadcast saying, um, and they were discussing what is Rob Taylor's role in this hooky side. You know, okay, like um, is there a role for Rob Taylor? What is that role? And um, you know, I, I won't pretend to understand absolutely everything they were going on about, but I could get the gist that they were sort of that's the question that they were sort of asking but it's um obviously he's he's included in the majority of squads i think uh, river 
River must must like him. He, he he must know what he's all about. But I just think that I just think that River is a maybe because of the teams we come up against and and the the the, the way that River sets up. I just think that maybe Rob is a little bit too attacking minded for 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 River to put him in a starting lineup. I mean, I would I would love dearly for for when we go away to San Marino to see. Rob Taylor get a start in uh, get a start, you know, because um, I don't think Sam we've got anything to fear from San Marino. It's the last game of the campaign, you know. The way that pans out, we we may we may need a win there, but mm. um, I, I would I would I would dearly love to see Rob get that that start in berth and and see what he can do when he runs at opponents because that's where he's dangerous. The the only answer I can give you, Mark, is that maybe River thinks that Robert is a, a little bit too attack-minded for his so, for his lineup at the moment. Better suited as a, a wide player in a front three, maybe, rather than when we're playing... Rather than that wing-back in that back five, yeah. Mm, yeah, OK. So, you know, I, 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 that's the only answer I can give you. And I think in the WhatsApp group, one of the other guys, maybe Mark, said that we have to get... get Starts to come to terms with the fact that we're approaching the post Pukki era of the Finnish oh, national oh, yeah. team, and I wanted to ask about that. What do you What do you think? Do you agree? Do you think that that he perhaps Alas, could have a have a different <laughs> but a different role within the team or within the squad, or do you think that that it's just two games and you know back in it in the next couple? Well, I, I mean, what what I would say is. He he's always still a threat. Like I don't think that his finishing has necessarily got any worse. Maybe Denmark, his decision making, you know, with the final ball, like as we mentioned before, like cutting it across to Chalman, he would get in really good positions. And there were a few good like through balls, but he has obviously lost that little bit. Um, I mean, of a half yard of pace. I mean, he mm. was never you know rapido, but. Um, you know, he's definitely lost a, a, a little bit of that. Um, and the, the thing that was noticeable for me yesterday was his recovery time after those sprints or after, you know, when he was pressing, it took him a little bit longer to recover, which happens to the best of us, Tamar. Yeah. So, um, oh, not, not me. I, I never had any pace. <laughs> no, it never no, no. made any difference at all. Okay. <laughs> um <clears throat> So I, I, I think, yeah, it, it, it was Mark that, that mentioned it. I, I think it's it's worth a, a discussion and, and maybe, you know, I, I wouldn't say he should, you know, shouldn't be, you know, in the squad in, in October and November. You know, he's still scoring goals in the MLS, which, you know, is a pretty good league still. Yep. Um, so there's absolutely no way I think that any of us are going to start writing writing him off. Um but it, it it might be a time to at least consider in these bigger games against the the better teams that may, maybe a, a quicker presence or a more physical presence up front, um, like Point Palo or I mean, can Rob Taylor play a false nine? Possibly, I don't know, I don't know, or, or, or Chalman can go down the middle. Um, but yeah, it it could be time to at least think that uh, other options should be considered. I mean, we've well, also got. We've also got young young Daniel Hawkins, haven't we? Who did so well against San Marino. Obviously, picked up a bit of a knock. So, had to, I think he was included in this squad, wasn't he? And then 
had to had to withdraw. But um, but yeah, he's 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 obviously another option who will will keep an eye on, and hopefully he can uh, he can take over the mantle and be our talisman for the next ten years. Hawkins and Antman doing their business in the same team is um, is not not an awful prospect for the next ten years, is it? That's no, that's sure. it. All right. On that bombshell that Ali thinks that Fulky's out of the squad in the near future. Um, yeah. Don't edit it that way. Don't edit it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can clip those words together. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the Group H table after six games, so six games played for each team, four left. Um, it's it's so tight. Um, Slovenia are top um, oh. with thirteen points and a plus seven goal difference. Denmark are second on thirteen points, plus seven goal difference, but have scored one game uh, scored one goal less. Finland are third on twelve points with a plus seven goal difference. <laughs> And again, oh, scored no. one less one less goal. And Kazakhstan are fourth uh, with twelve points and a plus four goal difference. It's it just couldn't be tighter. All those four are going into the last last four games with everything to play for. Yes, surely are going to be nicking points off of each other here, there, and everywhere. Finland will be playing Slovenia, Kazakhstan, Northern Ireland, and. San Marino, though those two Northern Ireland are a fifth on three points, and San Marino bottom on nil one. Um, Finland's upcoming games. If you look at the the link to the the episode description, there's a there's a link there to a blog post, and I've got all of this info in the blog post with links to the original sources. The uh, the UEFA website is actually quite good. It's quite easy to navigate. Ooh. And <laughs> yeah, we know that Ali and his Hoyikor mates don't like UEFA, but I do like <laughs> their website. Um, but it's it's quite good. And as you um, as you scroll down to the fixtures, they have little links to two minute highlight videos and things like that. So it's all all good in one in one place. But on the fourteenth of October, Saturday fourteenth, Finland are away to Slovenia. Then on Tuesday yep. the 17th, they're home to Kazakhstan. And then into November on the 17th, that's Friday 17th, I think. Yep, um, Friday. Finland play Northern Ireland at home. And then the 20th, is that Monday, Keke, or Tuesday? That is a Monday. Monday, away to San Marino. So, you know, in theory, finishing with the two weakest teams, but... I'm not sure Northern Ireland have ever been that easy for Finland to dispatch with. So we've got to be looking at three very competitive games before, you know, hopefully an easier one against San Marino. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's in our own hands. But as you say, this group is so tight. It's every single team is going to be thinking that it's in their own hands. So yeah. you got you got you got to beat what's put in front of you. I mean, um, Slovenia away. I was... Uh, I'll be there. I'm going to Ljubljana. I mean, I thought that was just going to be a, a jolly up and try some Slovenian beers. But now the, the game's got a bit more of it, an importance. It's quite an important fixture now. Um, hopefully we can get something there. I mean, again, I, I won't pretend to be a, an expert on Slovenian football. We'll have a little look at them closer to the time. But they are, you can see from their recent results, they are no mugs. Um, Keke, get out there on on social media and see if you can find a Slovenia football show 
or no a Slovene, Slovenian um, like English language thing. Because it, why not get somebody to come on and talk about their a team? Slovenian football show. Well, oh, you, there must be. I mean, if there's one for Finland, there must be one for Slovenia. That's it, yeah. <laughs> we'll have a look. And then, you know, the, the, the other thing, two home games, Kazakhstan at home, Northern Ireland at home. I know you're saying that about Northern Ireland, Mark, but I really hope we should be beating those in in a packed Helsinki Olympic Stadium. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. And then, yeah, in November, late November, I'll be packing my bags off to off to San Marino via Bologna, I think it is. And um, hopefully it'll be party time. <laughs> Very nice. You'll be on that pitch again. Who's whose leg are you gonna grab this time? Or are you just there gonna you go, wait uh, and see. <laughs> you're just opportunist, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> let's hope you have let's have you ever let's hope you have a reason to grab someone's leg. But I reckon Indeed. that is a, a good place to wrap it up. I think, listener, that we will be back well, probably towards the end of September. Um when Sawman Cup final, we've got to do that. Well, we've got Sawman Cup final on the on the 30th, and it's it's kind of updating on the maybe the first couple of rounds of the um Mesterusaria and Hastiasaria in the in the Vakehouse Liga. So we'll have a bit of domestic action and then middle of middle of October for the international game. So until the next episode, KK, thanks very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Just want oh. to, before we go, oh, just, yeah, sorry, just one more thing. We don't want to forget the girls. Um, Helmerit are playing <sighs> Slovakia. Are they playing Slovakia? Towards Is it Slovakia? Yes, they're playing Slovakia towards the end of the month as well. So and we Isn't that the Women's um, Nations League starting? Women's Nations League. They're playing down in Turku. So, right. um, yeah, get your tickets for that. Head down to Turku and support the girls. So we might have to have a little uh, little look at that as well. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Yeah, good good point. Let's um let's keep that in mind and and let's see if we can schedule these things rather than like deciding at the last minute that this would be a good idea. Let's have a look at the calendar. We do schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, we do. We do. Um, thank you, and thanks, thanks, Ali. Good to get your insights from inside the ground yesterday, and then you can pass that baton on to Keke for the next round of games. Absolutely, will do. Sweet as. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and also on Instagram. See the links in the episode description. You can also connect with the five hosts on Twitter, at Explore Finland, at FC Suomi, at Escape to Suomi, at Kekemulari and at Mano99. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description. 